This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a recording of Aristotle's Poetics, translated by Ingram Bywater with a preface by Gilbert Murray and read to you by Bob Foster. Chapter 15 In the characters there are four points to aim at. First and foremost, that they should be good. There will be an element of character in the play if, as has been observed, that a personage says or does reveals a certain moral purpose, and a good element of character if the purpose so revealed is, it revealed is good. Such goodness is possible in every type of personage, even in a woman or a slave, though the one is perhaps an inferior and the other a wholly worthless being. Oh my! The second point is to make them appropriate. The character before us may be, say, manly, but it is not appropriate in a female character to be manly, or clever. The third is to make them like the reality, which is not the same as their being good and appropriate in our sense of the term. The fourth is to make them consistent and the same throughout, even if inconsistency be part of the man before one for imitation as presenting that form of character. He should still be consistently inconsistent. We have an instance or baseness of character not required for the story in Menelaus in Orestes of the incongruous and unbefitting in the <clears throat> lamentation of Ulysses and Scylla and in the clever speech of Melanippe and of inconsistency in Iphigenia at Aulis where Iphigenia the suppliant is utterly unlike the later Iphigenia. The right thing, however, is in the characters just as in the incidents of the play to endeavor always after the necessary or the probable, so that whenever such and such a personage says or does such and such a thing, it shall be the probable or necessary outcome of his character, and whenever this incident follows on that, it shall be either the necessary or the probable consequence of it. From this one sees, to digress for a moment, that the denouement, or denouement, also should arise out of the plot itself, and not depend on a stage artifice, as in Medea, or in the story of the arrested departure of the Greeks in the Iliad. The artifice must be reserved for matters outside the play, for past events beyond human knowledge, or events yet to come, which require to be foretold or announced, since it is the privilege of the gods to know everything. There should be nothing improbable among the actual incidents. If it be unavoidable, however, it should be outside the tragedy, like the improbability in the Oedipus of Sophocles. But to return to the characters, as tragedy is an imitation of personages better than the ordinary man, we in our way should follow the example of good portrait painters who reproduce the distinctive features of a man and at the same time, without losing the likeness, make him handsomer than he is. The poet, in like manner, in portraying men quick or slow to anger or with similar infirmities of character, must know how to represent them as such and at the same time as good men, as Agathon and Homer, have represented Achilles.
All these rules one must keep in mind throughout, and further, those also for such points of stage effect as directly depend on the art of the poet, since in these too one may often make mistakes. Enough, however, has been said on the subject in one of our published writings. Chapter 16 Discovery in general has been explained already. As for the species of discovery, the first to be noted is one, the least artistic form of it, of which the poets make most use through mere lack of invention. Discovery by signs or marks. Of these signs, some are congenital, like the lance head which the earth-born have on them, or stars, such as Carcinus brings uh, in his Thyestes, Others acquired after birth, these latter being either marks on the body, for example scars or external tokens like necklaces, or to take another sort of instance, the arc in the discovery in Tyro. Even these, however, however, admit of two uses, a better and a worse. The scar of Ulysses is an instance. The discovery of him through it is made in one way by the nurse and in another by the swineherds. A discovery using signs as a means of assurance is less artistic, as indeed are all such as imply reflection, whereas one bringing them in all of a sudden, as in the bath story, is of a better order. Next after these are two discoveries made directly by the poet, which are inartistic for that very reason. For example, Orestes' discovery of himself in Iphigenia, whereas his sister reveals who she is by the letter, Orestes is made to say himself what the poet, rather than the story, demands. This, therefore, is not far removed from the first-mentioned fault, since he might have presented certain tokens as well. Another instance is the shuttle's voice in the Tereus of Sophocles. 3. A third species is discovery through memory, from a man's consciousness being awakened by something seen or heard. Thus in Cyprio of um, Dysogenes, the sight of the picture makes the man burst into tears, and in the tale of Alcinus, hearing the harper, Ulysses is reminded of the past and weeps, the discovery of them being the result. 4. A fourth kind is discovery through reasoning, for example, in the Koforo. One like me is here, there is no one like me but Orestes, he therefore must be here. Or that which Polydus, the sophist, suggested for Iphigenia, since it was natural for Orestes to reflect, My sister was sacrificed, and I am to be sacrificed like her. Or that in the Tidius of Theoctetes. I came to find a son, and am to die myself. Or that in the Phenidae, on seeing the place the women inferred their fate, that they were to die there, since they had also been exposed there. 5. There is, too, a composite discovery arising from bad reasoning on the side of the other party. An instance of it is in Ulysses the False Messenger. He said he should know the bow, which he had not seen, but to suppose from that that he would know it again, as though he had once seen it, was bad reasoning. 
6. The best of all discoveries, however, is that arising from the incidents themselves. When the great surprise comes about through a probable incident, like that in the Oedipus of Sophocles, and also in Iphigenia, for it was not improbable that she should wish to have a letter taken home. These last are the only discoveries independent of the artifice of signs and necklaces. Next after them come discoveries through reasoning. <laughs>